0: hello friends it's your old pal ariel hawani back with another episode of dc and hawani yes we're back after a one week hiatus and my friends let me just tell you something right here now this isn't just any kind of podcast this is a feeling right here you are going to feel this this is like an ocean this is as big as you make it okay so stay tuned for what will be a great episode but before we get to it, a man who knows a thing or two about great episodes is my man Scott Van Pelt, a.k.a. SVP. Do with me now, like the RVD, SVP. Every week he puts out an insightful but also hilarious episode of the S.V. Pod. So if you want to hear more from one of the best personalities at ESPN, then I suggest you check out the SV pod wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, in case you didn't know UFC 258 is this Saturday. And for more details on how to purchase the fight, just head over right now to ESPN plus.com PPV, or just click the link in the show notes of this episode. And how about this? When you gift a year of ESPN plus, You're giving thousands of live events, exclusive originals, the full 30 for 30 library, and more. You can surprise the sports fan in your life with a year of ESPN Plus right now. Just visit ESPNPlus.com slash gift a year for more details. All right. Now on to today's program and a reminder, listener discretion is advised. Enjoy.
1: Now making their way to the microphone, DC and Helwani. Not the guy that introduced my other show on the show. No, I mean, listen, come on.
0: Listen, sometimes we like the side piece more than the main squeeze. <laughs> <Dude, laughs> you know? to
1: stop making these references. Here's Daniel Cormier and Ariel Helwani.
0: Back in your life on this second week of February 2021. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new edition of DC and Helwani. That's DC Daniel Cormier. I'm Hawani Ariel Hawani. I've been here for the past two weeks. DC, it's nice of you to show up.
1: You know what's sad, man? Is like, uh, last week I got the call, right? Mm. Oh, we're to, we're off for a week. Then I, I turn around, you're doing your original show. <laughs> I, you can't be trusted. Listen, you can't be. Tr- tr- thought can't I thought everybody was off along. on Monday. I mm. thought everybody was off on Monday. Then I get people going, DC, why didn't you show up to work? Because not only. Did you go and do your show? You and Dustin Poirier over here taking shots at me. Oh, I guess when Daniel Cormier won a fight, he goes back to his mansion in California, not Lafayette, Louisiana. Trying to turn the great city of Lafayette against me, you and Dustin Poirier together. Who needs enemies if you have so-called friends like you and El Diamante? Cap or no
0: cap? Cap or no cap? Oh, that's
1: all cap. That's cap. That is cap. Where do you go? That is cap. Where do you go? When When I win, when I win, No cap. I go back to Lafayette after I come to California to drop my children off. (laughs) After I bring my children home to get a couple nights in the bed, I go to Louisiana and spend time with the great folks in Lafayette. They love me out
0: there. They do. They certainly do. Uh, They will always love you. It's just all it's all fun and games. The good news about being off for a week is that there's a lot to talk about. A lot has happened since we last spoke. It's been two weeks since we've done a show, so we have a lot to get to. So much going on in the world of MMA, as always. Of course, this past weekend, you were in Las Vegas cage side. So you did a fantastic job, I might add. Uh, I don't know what that is. You got notes. The oh, my notepad notes. Yeah, you know back. what I'm saying? I'm so Dang. tired of people coming at me, like,
1: coming to PC, prepared, But the show, hey, the show may get stiff and terrible because we're not just kind of going off the hip. You know, what makes it fun is that we go off the hip, but you guys want prepared. Okay, you get prepared.
0: We'll get prepared, D.C. Uh, Frankie Edgar, Corey Sanhagen, Volkov, Overham, all that and more. Of course, before we begin, I'd be remiss if I don't congratulate D.C. The uh, the uh, I don't even remember which team. Oh, the, uh, oh. the Charlotte. <laughs> the Char- <laughs> I blew this. The Charlotte Hornets with a big win last night. Of what course, The biggest what? story in sports. Wait, I think it was the Washington Wizards. So congratulations <laughs> to uh, Hornets Nation. What out there for the are you, out of, are you out of your mind? Big win. Are you out of
1: your mind? Come on, man. I mean, I get it, bro. Massive. Listen, Ariel. Massive. I'm mad too. I'm mad too. We didn't. No, no. Win, you know, listen, we didn't.
0: I, would, win, I was I was no, gonna no. I was gonna ask them to put no. up the tweet that you sent no. out yesterday calling this man the greatest when six Ariel. months ago, listen, six weeks ago you're calling Drew Brees the greatest. I mean, how dare listen, you? That's Ariel, why the people wait. of Louisiana don't like wait. you.
1: Listen, Ariel. You had what? the audacity. Now to the people to, in Louisiana yes. Like yes.
0: Ariel, of Louisiana don't like me. All of Louisiana. Did you not call him the greatest? Ariel, <laughs> Ariel. Did you not? Did you not? Did you not?
1: Congratulations to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The NFC South once and again Hornets. shows why we are the best division of all football. But it's getting extremely difficult for me to argue that this man is the greatest of all time. It's hard. I mean, when you this dude now you has literally more said to two, two
0: weeks ago, was, college Ruby's the greatest." In my time.
1: heart, in my heart. But when you look at everything, and I mean, this guy has more Super Bowl wins than any organization in the NFL. Like that's crazy. Yeah. Seven out of ten, he's You'll winning 70%. You'll never Come hear me on, say Ariel, that. Come on, Ariel, man. You got to give the man credit where credit's yeah. due. And by the way, hey. can I just
0: say, I love all the Patriots fans claiming this as a victory. Like, you see oh, yeah. these Cause, cause, how, how these people
1: claiming <laughs> this Saturday? as a victory. He left you guys because he hey. didn't
0: want to be a part of your organization. No, no, they
1: ran him out of there. Like, yeah. they ran him out of there. Yeah. Like, Bill Belichick decided he was done with Tom Brady and sent him off, shipped him off to Tampa. Nobody wanted Tom Brady. I can't claim this. It's pathetic the way they're claiming And now they're all so happy. And then, I mean, how shameless. How shameless. I mean, some of these guys are so shameless Dana White how shameless is Dana White Dana oh, White all oh, of a sudden I'm goes so to happy. Tampa Bay Dana goes to Tampa Bay is it Dana's, he's talking trash to me I, I must admit I tried to get ahead of the trash talk last night so I sent a very congratulatory text because he can be a bit much when it comes to his bragging and boasting I told the boss I go hey why don't you take the high road right when we lost to, I was like sometimes you gotta take the high road he said absolutely never and I got ahead of it last night, Texted him congratulations so that he didn't real go on in on me too much. But I mean, come on, Patriots fans! All of a sudden, you guys all love the Bucks now. You just so you like the guy, not the team. Is that what we're doing now? So when so now I guess what here's
0: here's the ultimate measure. Can I go like the
1: Nets now? Oh, I like James Harden. Not well, you did you did say that actually.
0: You did kind of say that. Here's the ultimate measure. If it was Patriots Bucks in the Super Bowl, who are they rooting for? Rest assured. They're rooting for Tommy, as they call him, Tommy to fail. So get out of here with that nonsense. All right. Get out of here. All right. Let's talk some fighting, DC. We got a lot to get to here on the show. And, you know, historically on this program, I say historically, like we've been doing it for 15 years, but for the past 11 months or so, Man, big used... year,
1: big year, big year on yeah, this program. I mean, yeah, that's right. got to <laughs> be honest, it was a really big year. You know, we got this an inside thing, you know, between the people in the know, but people. For you out there that aren't in the know, it was a really big year for the D.C. and Wadi show. Big, listen, year, big, big. Listen. Hey, look,
0: historically like, like big, big, very know, big, big. We usually start with the main event. Yes. This time we're not going to start with the main event well, because dare I say the bigger story coming out of Saturday night was the co-main Corey Sanhagen knocking out Frankie Edgar in 28, 26 seconds. Who knows? They keep changing the time. I'm going to sit back and not say more because I want you and everyone else to apologize to me and Corey Sanhagen because I've been driving this bandwagon for a very long time. I said after the Aljo fight that he was going to be a future champion. So go ahead. Tell everyone that I was right.
1: This is what I was going to say. Right. I mean, we're going to start with the Kobe event because you have a crush on Corey Sanhagen. I mean, let's not act like you don't have a crush on Corey Sanhagen.
0: Rightfully so or not. Rightfully so or not.
1: Let's not act like you don't have a crush on Corey Sanhagen.
0: Rightfully So, so or not.
1: But, but. Dare, dare I say? Yes. He has proven you correct in the last couple outings because, man, bro, when you put Marlon Moraes out in the way that he did with the spinning heel kick, and then you do that to Frankie Edgar, oh, Corey Sanhagen is the real deal. Eric, he's the real deal. And from speaking to him all week in the fighter meetings, watching him as he prepared, watching him in the media and just his, his calmness, In this maturity that this young man has developed since losing to Aljo, you wondered if he could do what he was saying that he was going to be capable of doing inside the octagon. But I would say he over-delivered. He He actually did better than he even was saying he was going to. He said he wanted to be the first one to submit Frankie Edgar. He'd never seen that happen before. He was confident that he could. Said he had some tricks up his sleeve. I asked him that in the post-fight interview. I mean, was that one of the tricks? He goes, I didn't even have to use him.
0: Wow. I mean, it's so short.
1: You find a guy that takes a loss and builds off of it. I mean, Corey Sanhagen has all the momentum. How how rare is it that you get a guy to lose in the way that he did, right? First round gets submitted uh, in a fight that could have been for the title, and you go, ah, dude's got some work to do. Two fights later, you're like, I need to see this guy fighting for the championship. Like, that's how quickly – and how good Corey Sanhagen has done a job of riding the ship. I mean, it was crazy, man. It was crazy to see. And we were just kind of getting started. At the beginning of the fight, you start to lay the foundation, right? You talk about how Frankie fights. You talk about Corey. We hadn't even got to Corey yet. I'm talking about yeah. how Frankie does a good job of moving his hands, his feet, and his head at the same time. How never, never, The target's never just stationary. Before we could even get to what Corey does, well, fights a Beautiful flying knee
0: great and and i i love i love that he doesn't look the part right he doesn't look the part but yet and, and and he certainly doesn't live the part he's an environmentalist he talks about the paper towels he doesn't like to use that plastic all that stuff and then he talks on like the other the other side of the spectrum about like wanting to take someone's heart out and actually eat it. And like I almost feel like he's being literal when he says this type of thing. This man is incredible. He is tall. He is lanky. He is quick. He is he is dynamic. He is powerful from all aspects of the. I mean, like, did you see that? DC, explain this to me because you would know. I mean, you're throwing one of these, but you're the fighter. I'm not throwing that. Like throwing a flying knee, like a jab, like that, just out of nowhere. How much? Like, what do you have to do to set that up? Because that was one of the most, I, I will say those two knockouts, you know, I said, remind me, let me know if there have been two knockouts like that, spectacular knockouts like that back to back handed okay, out man. by a single fighter in the history. And then I got people being like, oh, I'm
1: about to say, here comes Patty LaBelle. Doing no, 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 I was about to say, here comes Ariel, about to be Patty listen, LaBelle. Going tell me, tell again. me,
0: who has delivered? Some people are like Francis Ngannou knocked out Overy yep, in this. yep, case. yep. Yes. Okay, but that's a punch. We're talking about a spinning back kick mm-hmm. and a flying knee. Who has done that? Tell me who has done that. Go ahead. You know what I made want to it hear who impressive? has done
1: that. What made it more impressive, what is it? It wasn't just a flying knee. He didn't go forward in the Frankie. He went straight up. He allowed Frankie to walk into that position. It, Jeremy Stevens had a knockout like that a while ago. I think Was it Dennis Bermudez where he stood the yes. jumping knee? That reminded me of that. I don't know if I've seen someone put two back-to-back in the way that Sanhagen has. And once again, we are now clamoring for him to fight for the UFC championship because of those performances. I'm not. I want to see him fight for the belt. I really do. I it's I, not happening. I don't see here's the thing, it's I not don't happening. see any reason why he should wait but if he does there are guys out there for him but if you're Corey Sanhagen, you're in the driver's seat I feel I don't feel like you need to fight again after doing what he did especially after the momentum he built going into the Aljo fight
0: Okay here's the thing he doesn't have to wait very long the title fight is happening on March 6 I mean that's that's in less than a month at this point so yeah, they, the timing they're, actually they're works online. out pretty well They're for in him. line Yes if Aljo wins, great story there, he goes for revenge. If Jan wins, fresh matchup, he you know, he he's able to go after him. It's it's all well and good, but this is the fight I want. I want the TJ Dillashaw fight. That's the fight to make. Yeah. They have a history together, they've trained together in the past. Give him that name. And, and, you know, I saw some people, you know, I saw Chelsea afterwards. Oh, you know, he doesn't have he doesn't have the it factor or all this stuff. It factor. When you're pulling off knockouts like that. I mean, come on. What more do you need? Just put those on the highlight reel. Make those the into reality. a package. What more do you need? But give it hey, give us give. A, I'll say us. Give us,
1: No, me, give not me, <laughs> not me not me. Don't talk to me. Give, Don't give talk us to us me. Like I'm not saying give, us the people. I'm not the people. people. Okay, Give okay, us I'm not just the people.
0: Well, I was, I was speaking on behalf of Team Sanhagen at this point. Give
1: us okay, okay. <laughs> TJ Dillashaw.
0: Give us the former champ. Let's go. Let's okay. go.
1: So here's the thing, right? When we talk about the it factor, as Chael would have said, 135, there's only one guy with the it factor. There's only one guy that ha- – not the it factor. The Who is only it? one guy has name value in the weight class. Jose Aldo? No. Cody Garbett? No. <laughs> Who is it? TJ Dillashaw. He's the only one. Well, yeah, TJ, T.J. Dillashaw,
0: Cruz out there.
1: TJ Dillashaw
0: is Henry the De guy
1: Huda? I'm talking about at this in this circle, right? Okay. When yep. you're talking about the guys that Sanhigge could fight, there's only one guy that has the, the the name value, and that's TJ, right? Obviously, Dom, longtime champion, Jose Aldo, longtime champion. Those guys are well known, but in terms of where they're fighting today the 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 high at the high level because TJ's been gone for so long has to be Dillashaw right because he feels like he's still young enough and fresh enough to compete with these guys like Piotr Jan, Aljamain Sterling all the guys at the title picture they aren't the the most well known guys in the weight class I would even say today Davison Figueredo is known more than the bantamweight guys right around the title picture right now except for TJ Dillashaw all so Joe's yes pretty well known. that's a big name that's a big name for him but I think he waits. Fight TJ Dillashaw for a belt because you can have a win over a guy like that, but if a belt's on the line, it makes it even bigger.
0: Well, I'll say this: he certainly deserves it, in my opinion, and the timing works out. And honestly, you can't make a case for anyone else, right? Like oh, these TJ's guys not are getting be
1: so mad at me. These guys what? are all going to be so mad at me. Who the, this, the band of weights, like? I can't believe you didn't stop me. I can't believe you allowed for me to go on this rant. Like these guys are gonna be so mad. You at me. said only one guy is the factor, and I named and like you go three, and other guys. Name three other guys. Yeah, but well, these <laughs> guys are gonna be so mad at me. I mean, I wrote my notes. Why did I write that? Like, why, <laughs> Daniel? Stop when you start to go down this path. Like, All right. why didn't I? come on? listen. Forward? You can't be why afraid. This is how you feel. This is no, how no, you feel. No, and, no, and no. It's, no, no. It's like no, no. These guys are opinion. Listen, listen, listen. They're sensitive. Why didn't you stop me? You're no friend. You listen. You're no friend.
0: It's a it's a strong point because he's a former champion at 135, but so is Dominic Cruz, Jose Aldo, former champion at 145. <laughs> I mean, let's just kind of pretend like it never happened. Let's do that. Here's the thing. I feel like he deserves it. I don't think they're going to give it to him. I think they're going to try to make him fight one more time, and I feel like the biggest name out there, like you could go no wrong. You could go with Aldo. You could go with the winner of Cruz, Kenny, if you want. You could certainly go with TJ Dillashaw. That would be my pick. This man, I want them to clip it off. I want the world to know. I want the world to know I said it after the Aljo loss, the loss. This man will be a future UFC champion. He has – it's so crazy because actually when I see him walking down to the cage,
1: he has the it factor in my opinion. He is that guy. Ariel, you like the guy, like, and you like like the guy. Like, you have a crush on Corey Sanhagen, so of course he has the it factor to you. You're watching the guy – I you can crush see of, talent. You know, I'm always. I'm the. the I'm the, the like, only oh one who said goodness. Connor
0: was going to be a champ. I'm the only one. Now I'll say Corey it would be a champion. Like I just. I, Wait, I said. I you the only one said that said Connor was
1: going to be a champion. I said
0: Daniel Cormier is going to be a legend, not just a champion, a legend. Okay. <laughs> oh, I said you like, should go up to heavyweight. Oh
1: my goodness, look at you! Right I see now.
0: these things. I see these things. So now, now you're on the flip like
1: you predict stuff now, right?
0: I don't predict stuff. I just have an eye for talent. I mean, have a nose for these things. Okay, I can smell them out. Listen, Frankie Edgar. What do we do about him now? Is he done? Because, you know, it's funny. I was talking to his coach, Mark Henry, and I said, how's he feeling? And he said, he's fine. He wins a fight. He has a million cuts all over his face, right? He's bruised. He loses like that. There's nothing. Of course, as we know, it's the internal in a fight like that, right? I mean, like, this is obviously worse for the long term because you get knocked out brutally out cold like that. It's going to affect you, especially at this age. Do we want to see him keep fighting?
1: We saw... I want to see, I do believe Frankie can still fight. N- no doubt about it. I think he can still go with the best fighters in the world. I but agree. does he, need to? Match but does he
0: need to? Horrible matchup. But does he need to? This match Absolutely.
1: Like but does he need to is the question, mm-hmm. right? You lose this fight against uh, Corey Sanhagen. Look, you made you run at the top, right? You went to a new division. You fought two of the best in the world right away. You fought um, Pedro Munoz. Then you fought Corey Sanhagen. When you got to the very top of that division, it didn't work out in your favor. So there are still a lot of great fights for Frankie Edgar. I don't know if it needs to be against the Aljos and the Sanhagans and the Yons. I just don't know if it needs to be those fights. But can he still fight? Absolutely. He can absolutely still compete. I just don't know what the ceiling is at this new weight class because these guys are crazy. These guys are fantastic, man. But there's some fun fights out there still. Imagine if... Dominic wins, right? Oh. Dominic wins against uh, uh, Casey. Casey, and you look at I that. If,
0: Do- if Dominic loses,
1: yeah, I mean, I, I know, but you, I don't want to say if Dominic loses. Like, you should never put that energy in the world. Dominic's so saying. mad. I'm, I'm just not, saying, Dom, I'm Dom really, gonna, was saying, Dom's going to get you. Dom's going to get you. Dom's going to get you. It, it, you it would make
0: sense, right? I mean, Yes, it guys would make sense.
1: Up. That's a fight that we've all... Oh, man, imagine Dominic Cruz versus Frank Edgar when they were both champions, right? Like, right. Or, right. When especially when Dom came to 45 and... I'm uh, sorry, when Frank came to 45, Dom had the belts. Like, right. you had these ideas of these matchups, but that's not it, though. Dom there are many... Dom was 135 and Frank came to 145. You're like, oh, maybe these guys fight at some point. But, like... There are a lot of guys that he can still fight with. There are a lot of guys that he can still beat. A lot of these good guys he can still beat. But the very, very top, the elite of the elite, it's going to be very difficult for him to beat those guys. They're just, I mean, that was so scary, Arrow. I mean, you watch you watch your people that you respect so dearly. Frankie Edgar, uh, Alistair Overeem. You see these guys get beat up like that at the end of the career. Or knocked out the way Frank did. And it's almost like a funeral. Like Mm. it's, oh, if this showed Saturday, this showed Saturday to me what fighting looks like when you don't have the crowd to hide the true emotion of the people that are tasked with telling you about the moment. Because it was a small arena, nobody's in there. And when Corey Sanhagen did that, it was quiet, right? It was out. Yeah. We had Mm to be we have to be reminded we have to celebrate what this young man just did. I understand it was horrible. It was bad, right? To see Frankie go out like that, but you guys have to celebrate what Corey did. If it's in an arena of 20,000 people, crowd's going so crazy. You don't even pay attention to it, but it was eerie how quiet it got in that, the, the apex because of the way Frankie went down, he was shaking on the ground. He was down for a while. Hmm. You could see him wanting to get up, but he just couldn't get his body to come to come to, to get back to the, to the seat. It was scary.
0: I would still like to see him fight. I think he will fight. Yeah, he I thought it was a bad choice. I didn't like the matchup for him. Corey Sanhagen, I think, is championship material. Frankie was still building himself up as a 135er. There's a gap between Sanhagen and Munoz. Um, why jump from Munoz to Sanhagen? I mean, Sanhagen to me is like one C in that division. But it sounds based on his Instagram that he's going to keep on going. I just hope when you take a knock like that, you take a Appropriate time. time off you don't go spar you don't go to the gym you need to get better soon so I wish I wish Frankie the best
1: well you take time because remember uh Marais right Marais yeah, yeah. came back too soon came back too soon and Rob Font put him out right like put him out bad you gotta let the brain refresh and I think that's one thing that Steve Miocic gets credit for every time he has tough fights right got knocked out by me after fighting me quickly after Francis took a year Took a lot of damage in the next fight. Took a took a year, and then against Francis now he's taking a lot of time. It's much closer, but he allows his chin to get refreshed whenever he was getting rocked with punches too much. But I think Frankie needs to take some time, even it's though time his is defense. Not on his I don't fight.
0: know if he wanted to take a year after the first loss. If we're being honest, I think there were some other factors involved there. Well, you but you wanted, wanted to your point fight in then. November. You wanted to yeah, fight wanted me in November, remember.
1: but then it took some time, right? Like it took some time, and ultimately it benefited him. It was better for him to let his chin refresh, and now he can take a shot. You know, it's like shots that might have knocked him down before doesn't. And that's good for him.
0: All right. Now let's talk about the main event because it had a similar vibe, right? You see a legend get beat up like that. It's a weird thing in this sport because you want to celebrate the youth. You want to celebrate the newcomer. You want to celebrate the fresh face, if you will, the new contender, a guy who's never had a chance to fight for a belt or win a UFC belt, of course. And and then on the flip side, you see a legend like Frankie, a legend like Alistair Overeem, who, by the way, Alistair Overeem. Had won two in a row, had won four or five, was potentially en route to beating Jairzinho Rosenstrike. He would be on a five-fight winning streak at this point in his 40s. But holy smokes, like that was was a one-sided fight, right? That was a beatdown from Alexander Volkov. Why was Volkov so dominant and so successful against Overeem? Because it looked like Overeem had nothing for him from the beginning.
1: You know what's kind of crazy? That for as bad as the Sanhagen-Edgar fight was, the knockout, Mm -hmm. I felt like the Overeem fight was even worse. Cause it was longer because it was extended yeah. and you just saw the difference in the level, right? The one thing Frankie can rely on is like, well, what would have happened if I didn't get knocked out? Right. He can, he can leave. There's a question out there. There's no question that Alistair Overeem can beat Alexander Volkov today. I mean, from the very start of the fight, Volkov just pieced him up, man. And you see later in over career, he's done a good job of like shelling up, right? Like mm-hmm. covering his head. But Volkov was throwing, wrapping around that that guard and then throwing that jab up the middle and just broke his nose like quick. Like Volkov looked fantastic. And it's hard because when you have those guys, those legends, we tend to spend more time talking about them than the actual person yeah. that put on the performance. It wasn't about what Alistair didn't do. It just showed you that Alexander Volkov is real and he's ready to go and compete with the best fighters in the world. And I will say this today. If you don't have a wrestling threat and you're fighting Alexander Volkov with the way that he has improved and the way that he's learned to manage space and distance with his power, they ain't beating him. I don't think any of these dudes are going to beat him if they can't get to him. I know Derek Lewis beat him and knocked him out, but Derek Lewis rushed him and he was losing the whole time, caught right. him with something. Um, Curtis Blaze wrestled him the whole time in order to beat him, and then he couldn't take him down at the end of the fight, and Volkov was starting to find success on the feet. If you can't go take this man down consistently, you're going to find yourself in a lot of problems because this dude throws that nasty front kick that he, he beat Walt Harris with. And then that jab and that one-two, bro, he smashed over him. It was never a competition. It was never in doubt. From the moment they started fighting and you saw him find his, his range and rhythm, you knew right away Alistair was in trouble and he was, he was not going to win that fight. And I was happy when he went down because he would have just taken more and more damage.
0: Great stoppage by referee Jason Herzog, who continues to be one of the best in the sport. Uh, By the way, in my opinion, biggest difference between that Alexander Volkov of a couple fights ago, even the Greg Hardy fight, like it wasn't that impressive that he beat fifteen minutes. It went the distance, and this Alexander Volkov, especially in the last two fights, Walt Harris and Alistair Overeem, he weighs twenty pounds more. He looks guy big, has, right? Yes, he his legs. At, he used to weigh in two forty-five, two forty-seven. Now he's weighing in two sixty-five or so. So I think he's added muscle, and you see the power. That guy is a problem. I'd like to see him fight the winner of the Jarzinho Rosen Strike Surreal Gane fight, which happens later on this month. I think that would make a lot of sense. Yeah, fresh matchup for both. I think Surreal Gane is a future contender as well. But man, that guy with that height, that
1: reach, (laughs) that power—that guy's a problem. And he's aggressive now. He's a problem, right? He's aggressive now. Like he before Volkov, even in the Hardy fight, he was much too okay with the fight going the distance. He never really put his feet on the pedal to go and get Greg Hardy. The last couple of fights, he went at Walt Harris. Every time he seemed to hurt Walt or felt like he was hurting Walt with anything, he would kind of empty the tank. And if Walt was able to fight back, he would back off. With Overeem, he wasn't just touching him; he was he was really setting down on things. And you could see it in Volkov. It's not the upper body; the upper body looks pretty similar. You have to look at his legs and his, his ass. He's so big now down low, and that's where the power comes from. Right, It comes from the trunk. He's just sitting down on an Overeem, touching him, touching him, and then he was, and then because Overeem does this shell defense, he started coming up the middle with an uppercut, and he would go uppercut, and then wrap the hook around the guard. And I'm telling you, I was so happy when Alistair fell. I was like, this is this is good for him, but so he doesn't take more damage from this big monster, um, Volkov.
0: You want to see him fight again, or do you think he fights again, Volkov? No, Overeem.
1: Alistair, you know what? I think Alistair fights again. I yeah. do think he fights again because. It's what he does. And, you know, talking to him last week before the fight, he said he was going to fight through the contract at minimum. But I really wish his approach was more, I'm going to ride this thing until I stop winning, and then I'm going to kind of be done. Right. You know, like he had one, two in a row, beat Jarzino for 24 minutes and 35 seconds, you know. Could have had been five in a row. I would have said fight it until you, you, you run into a person that's going to really beat you up and say i'm done you know he's got to have made a ton of money at this point he's well known he can go coach i mean i, I don't know i i wish i after seeing that i don't think he needs to fight again but he will uh,
0: a lot of great performances including alexander volkov and cory sanhagen shout out to benil dariush with another great win six in a row and also for just being a hall of fame mensch uh, saying that he wanted uh, his teammate to come in thought, thought he was going to call someone out In fact, he says that he wants his teammate to get signed by the UFC. So, Benil Dariush, one of the good guys in the sport, and uh, continues. And Rafael Cordero,
1: right? Rafael Cordero. Those guys are building some momentum. Some new guys coming out of that team Uh, from Dariush to the light heavyweight kid that fought a little earlier in the card, submitted. um, I I can't remember either of these guys' names right now, but uh, (laughs) I can't remember either name. But the kid fought well, right? Kid's two and on Marquez. His name was Marquez. Two and on the UFC now. Um, and getting a submission victory, building some momentum. Hey, training Mike Tyson. This dude ain't lost in a minute. How about y'all Cordero's on fire? He's been around forever. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. It's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only exclusions apply.
0: Uh, There I am watching the card on Saturday and all of a sudden, who do I see? I see the Syracuse legend, the Cleveland Browns legend. I see Jim Brown getting some love. And you know, for a minute there I popped because i because one, one issue that I've had over the years is I don't feel like the UFC, uh, acknowledges and celebrates its history enough I've said this on the show before we don't have a proper hall of fame in MMA I don't think the sport acknowledges its history enough there aren't a lot of good books about the history of the sport the legends aren't acknowledged and so there is. He Jim Brown like wow I think a lot of people probably even forgot or didn't even know the football legend and lacrosse legend by the way Jim Brown was the first color analyst and then I see them make the connection to our very own DC of DC and Hawani fame it was nice they showed the shot of you in Portland. You're wearing a tie. You're all snazzy. I thought we would go like all the way to like the evolution of you being on this show and getting a show on ESPN, but they kind of stopped <laughs> short right at that point. But that must've been cool. Right. I mean, being in the same sort of package, same breath as Jim Brown, that's a big deal. That's a huge honor.
1: It was a massive honor for me to um, see that and see that live and not really know that what was going on, you know, I got they
0: surprised you with that.
1: Yeah. They just kind of surprised me. Like, Anytime you're in the conversation or spoken in the same breath as Jim Brown, you get excited. And to see that he called the UFC, we obviously know what he did playing football, right? Very short career, but his impact still is felt today. For as short as Jim Brown played football, for people to still speak about him as one of the greatest football players of all time, one of the best running backs to ever do it, he didn't play the game long. He was a massive advocate for social justice. He was a guy that tried to really help our community and it feels good for me to be mentioned in that breath and also to be and recognize as the first guy since Zufa bought it to be african-american and be at the desk doing commentary it was, it was huge man and it made my mom very happy you know she was very happy about it. she was excited your mom watches live every week oh she she like they Hey, listen, my mom's sick now, right? She's not doing that well. She stays at home, but she makes sure they turn the fights on, especially if I'm working them. So wow, they just put it on awesome. and, and let her watch the fights. Yeah, she loves it.
0: Seven hours she can hear her son on television and seven to hours.
1: She, well, in between naps, you know, like mom yeah, thinks about a nap yeah. every 30, 45 minutes, she goes back to sleep. But listen. yeah, man, she's always been a massive fan of the UFC. And I think it's great for the UFC to recognize, you know, and and spotlight you know, African-Americans that are doing great things inside the company, you know, so uh, it was good. It was good. I was very happy because I don't remember a time where, you know, there was much done to honor and do, you know, uh, Black History Month stuff. I don't know. I can't speak to that as fact, but it was huge to see that uh, from the UFC. I really appreciate it.
0: And as you just said, the reason for that package airing, uh, this past weekend was because it is black history month, but we here at ESPN, yes. we believe in black history. Always. I know you saw my little report I love that. at the I basketball love that. game last week. And for more I black history, always storytelling, you can go to the com. who does a tremendous job of covering all things, black mm-hmm. history, uh, current and previous, and, uh, just do a great job of, uh, spotlighting that, um, that kind of storylining, storyline, excuse me, each and every week, each and every day, not just for one particular month out of the oh, year, the undefeated. Yeah. com.
1: Yes, it's every day. Like, and I love that. I love that I when you said that at the Bucks game, I was like, oh, that's real good. You know, and I realized that you know ESPN was doing it. And history is to be celebrated constantly, right? African-American history. Any any race's history should be celebrated constantly. And I'm glad that it's it's not just 1 month ESPN wants to shine a light for the entire year on what these great African American people in history have done these special things.
0: And wouldn't you know it, this weekend we have the first African-born champion in UFC yep. history still the champion the return of the Nigerian nightmare Kamaru, Kamaru Usman. Dean. Yes. Uh, what is it again? Kamardeen. Kamardi. Kamaru Dean, Kamaru
1: Dean. Kamaru uh, Dean uh, Usman.
0: It, when you see him, do you refer to him as Kamaru Dean?
1: No, Kamaru. Okay. I, I used to call him Marty. Like when we were wrestling, we, I used oh, to call don't him bring Marty. That up. I thought we, we That's we're, were past. We're no, we past were all Marty. like calling him that, but now, Kamaro. I yes. mean, and you know what? He preferred that even back then. But he's just a young wrestling kid that didn't really speak on his time. Now, he's a man, and he's very proud of his heritage and his name. And he, and he uses it. He says he wants us to call him that proudly, and we all do.
0: Big time title fight, UFC 258 this weekend. Um, we just had a UFC pay-per-view, and now we get another yeah. one, like, what, two, three weeks later. It's Kamaru Usman versus Gilbert Burns. And look, if if you're if you're a fan of fighting, if you're a fan of, like, the analytical part of fighting, the matchup, this guy versus this guy, and you just like mixed martial arts for what it is, you love this fight. Gilbert had a great 2020. He's been on a roll. Kamaru is one of the most dominant champions in welterweight history, and he's been on some kind of roll as of late and and, and some kind of run in the UFC. I mean, he's just ran through everyone. But if you're a fan of storylines, D.C. No, like you, it, 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 like, <laughs> like you. you, too. Don't just don't just get say you out of me, bed,
1: boy, that gets you out of bed at
0: night. Hey, teammate versus teammate. Come on. This is some <laughs> big time stuff right here. Kamara Usman, Gilbert Burns, teammates in South Florida. And then all of a sudden, Kamara Usman has to go to Colorado to team up with uh, the great team over there. Trevor Whitman, Justin Gaethje, even bringing back old friend Eddie Alvarez to the mix to help him prepare. This is rich stuff. And it kind of got me wondering, like, wow, we haven't seen this. Honestly, John Jones, Rashad Evans, UFC 145, we know what yep, happened there. Yep. For for years, you know, people said Daniel Cormier versus Cain Velasquez at AKA. For years, people said John Fitch versus Josh Koscheck. Those never happen. This is very rare stuff to see two teammates, now ex-teammates, fighting for the ultimate prize. If you're a fan of storylines, this one's for you, my man. And I know you love it as well. Don't pretend like you don't.
1: This is absolutely fantastic, right? Because Oh, so you not like only, seeing the teammates
0: break up. Well, because,
1: because not only is it a great story, right? Because you want to see what Gilbert Burns took from those training sessions that makes him so confident he can beat the champion, but also the fact that this is the best fight we can make at Welterweight. I know how great the Covington versus Usman fight was, but I think this is the best fight you could make at Welterweight right now because Gilbert Burns has looked like an absolute savage since going up to that weight class in the wins that he had last year, the knockout of Damian Maya, Him and Tyron Woodley was a squash match by the end of it. And Tyron fought hard. Tyron didn't give up on himself like he has at times. He continued to try to win the fight. He continues to press. So Gilbert Burns got a good Tyron Woodley, a very good Tyron Woodley, and just really did beat him up. He has the type of fighting style that would seem to be a problem for Usman. Because Usman has always been able to control every interaction in his fights, right? That's why he's been so dominant. He wrestles whenever he has a striker in front of him. He strikes when he has a grappler in front of him. But can he do that with a guy that has inside information on his skill set, on his setups, on the way that he enters into his takedowns? Or how much have they changed those things since he's been in Colorado now? Because now it's been a year, right? It's been a year since he's been in Colorado. So almost there's some time spent away from the team that have allowed for him to reset and get things better. And I watched Countdown yesterday. Usman's mindset is really underrated. His mindset and his ability to prepare up top. He's got an ironclad mental. Like it, this dude is so mentally strong. Physically, obviously, he's a big, strong guy. But his toughness is something that a lot of people overlook. And I think that was on full display in the Covington fight. That's why he won it in the way that he did, because that, that was not easy. It was a very difficult fight, and he got to finish over Kobe Covington, who has been fantastic himself. And now he gets an even bigger test in his teammate Gilbert Burns.
0: And you know what's an underrated storyline going into this fight? The man who is getting a lot of praise for what they're doing over there in South Florida, originally with the Black Zillions, now, of course, with Sanford MMA, they've got a great team over there, is Henry Hooft. Henry Hooft, because he has a relationship with Usman, helped develop him into the champion that he is, and a relationship with Burns, helped develop him into the contender that he is, has said, I'm stepping aside. I'm not a part of this one. I'm not cornering Gilbert Burns, right? Much like Greg Jackson when Rashad Evans and John Jones fought back in 2012. And so Gilbert is losing a head coach. Kamaru is gaining. Yeah. That's my coach of the year of 2020 20, uh, Trevor Whitman. That's a big deal. One guy's losing. The other guy's gaining. I don't, ultimately, I don't know how much that affects the fight, but I feel mm-hmm. like that's interesting. And if Henry is to be believed and I believe him, He'd even help him in the preparation for
1: this fight, let alone fight week and fight night. That's a big deal. So who's, so who's working with Burns? Who's coaching Burns in preparation for the fight? Who is Burns using as a pad holder? As a striking coach? That that would be interesting to find out. You know, you know everything. Tell me. Yeah. Who's holding the pads for him? Who's the strike coach? Well, Gilbert and Burns I haven't right
0: spoken now. in a while, you know. He was uh, everything okay there? What's going on? I Who was just trying drink to drink drink?
1: burp oh, drinking okay.
0: too much coffee. Oh. The, by the way did you do that on the broadcast on saturday a lot of people no saying, i did not oh, okay. bro how
1: stupid are people to think that you would just sit there and shit your pants in the middle of a television broadcast like people are ridiculous i said burp i thought it was a burp like, like no burp people power. are ridiculous like you're sitting there like so it's you, i listened to it it's obviously someone scooted a chair across the floor but like yo yo fans are simple like how simple are people in this world listen, and guess know. what's so stupid you know, Deron Wynn you. was the one who was, like, no, really, you know. Famous. I fancy you a smart guy. Yes. You text me. Did you just fart? Like, are you crazy? Like, who would do that? You guys are stupid. Somebody scooted a chair across no, the floor, you idiots.
0: That was someone else. That was someone else. <laughs> Listen, this is big-time stuff because of the storyline, because of the coaches, because of the changing camps, and because, D.C., how many times do you think these guys have sparred against each other, oh, right? Like, like, when Masvidal fight Usman, when he fought him in July, like that was the first time they'd they ever been together. Yep. These guys know each other. I mean, how much has Kamar really changed in the past eight, nine months? Probably not that much, right? Maybe a little thing here or there. These guys know each other extensively. That's what's so interesting about it. This rarely happens this is special stuff. Yes.
1: Somebody knows.
0: Yes. Somebody knows.
1: Couldn't right. We, I, I've heard whispers. Somebody too. knows. You've heard whispers. Who gets the better of who? You've heard the whisper. No, I don't know about that, but somebody knows, right? Okay. Rashad Evans knew, right? Rashad Evans knew going into that fight. He knew. I knew, I knew. That's why I didn't do it. I knew, right? But it was a matter of you just not like people in the world didn't. So there was some intrigue there. But I wow. knew, I knew when I. So if you were better,
0: was- if you were better than Kane, you would have done the fight.
1: No, I wouldn't have done it, but I'm saying I knew, right? Sure. I, I I didn't do it for all the right reasons. No mystery. There's no mystery. But I knew. I was like, I can't beat this dude, right? Especially at the time you were calling for him. I can't beat this dude. I can't beat Cain Velasquez. Did I'm you ever
0: really me. seriously consider it, even for a minute?
1: Never for a second. Because first off, I didn't want to hurt the family. I thought that we were so close and we were so important to each other's careers that there was no way that I was going to do that. But I also knew, like, I'm glad I don't have to do this. Mm -hmm. Because I know that this dude's going to beat me. Like, someone knows. That's another thing in this fight. One of those guys knows. And I can't tell you who that person is. Because when you listen to them, they both sound extremely confident, as you would expect, two guys going into a title fight. But there's a guy between those two that knows who's winning those sparring sessions. And those questions, if it starts to turn into that same exact type of situation out in that octagon, those what are you doubts,
0: writing right now. What
1: exactly are you writing? Those doubts <laughs> will start to creep back into your mind.
0: Oh, that's what makes it so interesting. OK, so I was wondering about that. Were you around when when they were trying to do Fitch and cost Yeah. You, how awkward was that?
1: No. What year was it? What year was it?
0: This was like 2009, 2008. Wait, if
1: it was eight, I wasn't. So I got there towards the end of nine. I think Koscheck was about to fight for championship.
0: Okay, so it's still around the same time. Yeah,
1: Fitch was back on a long winning streak,
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. right?
1: And so, yeah, those guys never really, like –
0: They never considered it. it. They would get mad.
1: No, it didn't seem like it was going to be a thing. But, again, even in that situation, somebody knew, right? And we in the gym knew, just like people in the gym knew when me and Kane was far high would go. People know, man. And and the guys at Sanford MMA know right? So I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. And I wish right. I did know who got the better of those sparring sessions.
0: Well, we'll find out on Saturday. That's a really interesting fight. Uh, we got the return of Macy Barber looking forward to seeing how she does a year, a year plus since her last fight, tearing her ACL big fight for her against Alexa Grasso no longer training with Ben Askren, by the way, and Rufus sport. Uh, she went to Israel Martinez and, and Mike Valley in uh, Chicago. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. And Uh, Everything else that goes down at UFC 258. All right, quick break in the action. We got to talk about the lightweight picture and everything going on with uh, Michael Chandler and Dustin Poirier and Charles Oliveira and of
1: course, Conor McGregor. But first,
0: Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Ariel the best was when you were like, hey, you did the uh, the Pori interview last week and you used my graphics, clearly showing that <laughs> you've never looked at the show on uh, the podcast. It's been like that since September, but alas. I don't no,
1: care. no. The, no, yes. the issue was, no, yeah. the issue was that you went behind my back you know, the snake that you are, and did your <laughs> old show. You went and did your old show, and well, instead of using work, your dog. own graphics, I don't,
0: I don't have no fancy contract like you. I'm here to work. Hey, Speaking of fancy your contracts, own,
1: you did, let's talk you about Michael your, Chandler. Own show. You go do do your own I'm not your own show, this and slander. don't even bother to use your own show graphics. Hey, listen,
0: I don't <laughs> say any of that. Okay, so last week when I was doing my own show, actually, oh my I spoke goodness, to- <laughs> it felt good.
1: It felt good. good. It felt good to be back
0: on your own, didn't it? Hey, this is a great transition right here. I spoke to Michael Chandler, Charles Oliveira, oh, and Dustin Poirier. Old I mean, you fancy talk about guy, right?
1: <laughs> fancy guy, talk to everybody. Well, I talk to this dude, this dude, this dude. Hey, who's who? You are just so boastful. I mean, you listen. I tried to get an interview with Dustin Poirier. He told me no. I'm speaking to Ariel. Uh,
0: he's not a big fan. He's not That's a big fan. Good. Listen, first I talked to Charles. Charles tells me I want Dustin Poirier and I want it to be for the belt. I was like, all right, you know, he has a case eight in a row, seven of eight finishes, most subs ever, all that stuff. He's got a case. Then I talked to Michael Chandler next, and he's like, I was supposed to fight at 258 February 13th. I was like, what, 258? Like literally in less than two weeks. He says, Yes, they offered me you're reacting like you haven't seen this. <laughs> <It's> so clear, <laughs> clearly, you boycotted the interview. Um, and he said he was <laughs> he was I offered a see. fight. He was offered a fight at 258. He was eating a steak with his wife in Nashville, where they live, put his fork down. Shortly thereafter, got on a plane and went to Florida to start preparing for February 13th. Now, he wouldn't tell me who he was against. Come to find out. Ask around. Ask my sources. It was Charles Oliveira. Charles Oliveira turned it down because they were in need of a co-main event because Chris Weidman and Uriah Hall fell off because Chris got COVID. Oliveira said, I'm not taking this fight on less than two weeks notice. It's not for the belt. What's the point of this? This guy had just been training. Short fight against Dan Hooker. I'm not training. This makes no sense. And now we'll get to the Poirier McGregor part in a second, but first let me ask you this agree or disagree with Olivera's decision to not take the fight?
1: I think when you get into this position, right, where you've won, you build some momentum, you got to be very careful, especially if you've never fought for the belt. Tough call. And yeah, yeah. It's I don't believe it, it. You do it and it's a favor to the company. But if you don't do it, I believe that Charles Oliveira doesn't know. It, you know, especially with Michael Chandler, right? Still a bit of an unknown. The way he looked against Dan Hooker, is he still getting better? Especially when you feel like you're right on the verge of getting the title fight. So not necessarily. I think you got to be a little bit careful, more careful when you've built the momentum that he has.
0: You know, with my kids, we have like a chart and everyone gets like checks if they do something good. And, and X's if if they do something bad, right? And we tally them up at the end of the week and maybe you get a prize or something like that. If Michael Chandler had his own little chart. This guy's been getting checks all day. I mean, he is Mr. Oh, yeah, brownie he's the Points. Man. It is, Michael it is. Brownie points Chandler. I mean, Browning great... points. Yes. Wait, that's not
1: Browning points. How's that? Listen, he's the man. Okay. He's Browning points, but not Brown nosing. No, no, they, I'm saying browning points. And I'm saying people get a bit confused, right? No, they I'm go oh, he's a brown noser. He's a teacher's pet. No, I've seen that on my stuff. Everybody's on this Michael Chandler thing. he's a teacher's pet. Listen, what is wrong? He's saying yes yes to something. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not saying you're one of those people. I'm saying I see that. I see that sentiment, right? Like, why Michael Chandler's a teacher's pet. Michael Chandler's doing what he needs to do first to get his title shot or build good favor. Because guess what? If there's a time, if there's a time, and I don't even understand how people can ever have a problem with this. Michael Chandler goes and fights that fight on three weeks notice, right? He wins, they'll put him in a title fight. He loses, he won't be far away. Mm-hmm. Michael Chandler steps up and fights in a, a short notice position, Dan Hooker, right? Say he would have fought Habib in that situation and lost. Habib would have retired and they needed somebody to fight for that belt. You know who might get the call again? Michael Chandler. Because oh, that's course. what happens whenever you do that. So people always going, This dude's a company man, and this guy, dude, it benefits you. If I could tell you guys one thing, fans <laughs> as a fans are fighters. Whenever I, when you're getting asked for stuff, consider it. Because the reality is it's going to benefit you down the line.
0: Listen, I have lived my entire professional life by this motto. 80% of success is just showing up. Just yeah. show up, right? Listen, I didn't want to get on a plane last week to go do that Bucks game. I was nervous as hell. Hey, by the way, everyone who made fun of me for not leaving my house for 10 months, not only did I leave my house, how many of you have gone on a plane? I, I told you I was nervous, right? I oh, was. Yeah, down I, I,
1: I kind of talked you off the ledge there a little bit. Like You, you were, did. You were scared.
0: We were scared. We were, we were scared, scared. But guess what? I showed up. I did the yeah. job. I came home. So Michael Chandler, I'm not you knocking You know what the your guys. bosses
1: are saying? You know what your NBA bosses are saying? Hey, man, Ariel, we can call on him.
0: That's right. So I'm not. By the way, I agree with both decisions. How about that? I agree yeah. with Olivera saying no. And I agree with Chandler saying yes. How about that? Chandler I'm was in shape. That he was ready to go.
1: To. I'm saying. But now here's the problem.
0: Here's the problem. Does Olivera get punished for saying no? does he get put to the back of the line? Because it sounds That's like they might be up, going man. in the direction of Chandler Gaethje now, and Oliveira is the odd man out.
1: And guess what? Sometimes that happens. That's not wrong. Tough. Sometimes Eight it, in a row. You, you go in, but no, you go in a different direction, right? Like I'm telling you, man, it's all about just making things happen. One guy says no, then go figure something out. Because Ch- it sounds like you said Chandler Gaethje is going to fight next, right? That still ain't for the belt. So they're still in the no. same position. They're both just fighting again. If Habib... If Habib gives the belt up, now who's fighting in the other half of that yes. equation to hey, go you into a title? right
0: game? there. You stalled right there. When you said Habib, you took a dramatic pause. What do you know? I'm
1: saying if Habib gives up the belt, right, which is what he's saying, who's in the other half of that equation? Are they going to do uh, Gaethje versus um, Chandler and then Poirier versus someone else? You're Olivera. You hope that you're that someone else. That's all I'm saying. What do you know, Daniel, what do you know? I know nothing. I know nothing, John Snow. <laughs> <laughs> it looks
0: okay. Perfect. Tra- You're good at these transitions. So now it looks two weeks later. We're going back in the direction of DP versus Connor three. Really like it. Yeah, that's the direction we're going. Now the big question is: this is the big question. Belt or not? That seems to be up in the air yeah. still. I think there's a chance they still don't make it for the belt. How about that?
1: I think. I think. Um, man, I think Dustin.
0: You don't like the fight.
1: I like the fight. I think it's the fight to make. It's third fight. I think when you run into some issues, is again. I I, I think a couple weeks ago I said I would prefer them fighting for the championship. I yeah. do believe that when you look at it as a whole, it's going to. Walking odd. that back? You walking that back? It's. I'm saying it's going to look odd. he called you? Said he's mad about that? No, no, no. He didn't. I'm saying it's going to look odd that they're fighting for the belt when Dustin
0: should know, be fighting for a belt next.
1: Yes and i do believe that him and connor should get the trilogy going it's i think i think it's you tough. make it to where, i think it, no i think you make it to where hey I, th- I think you make dustin make a choice in terms of weighing what's valuable to him you want Wait. the big fight or you want the championship Can't have both? because that I, cuz i think if you want the championship you fight oliveira if you want the big fight you uh-huh. fight mcgregor again. that's what i think can i both but if, i just don't know i don't know if they're going to give connor Such a title a shot right after losing like that
0: one thing that dustin told me in my conversation he's like look I should get the belt right now, as you said. I, I, I agree add. with that. I yeah, agree but here's the that. thing. He said, because, because when you're the champion, you get pay-per-view points. Dustin, you don't need to be a champion to get pay-per-view points. No. You should be getting pay-per-view points right now. This man's in a Super Bowl ad, for God's sakes. I but saw it him doesn't yesterday. work
1: like that with everyone. It doesn't okay, work but like Conor that with You get McGregor,
0: you get, you, you get, you get, you yes, get the pay-per-view should
1: get, you should get it on the back end. You go back into the McGregor fight, and hey, and if you do, that makes that decision very easy. That makes that decision whether or not to go fight for the belt or take the third fight with Conor McGregor very easy. You go fight Conor, very McGregor, easy, right? Yes. You go get and you, you go get paid. That check. You go, yep, yes. you go get paid. But I think that it's just very difficult from an out from an outsider perspective to see a guy get knocked out in the way Conor did and then him in a championship fight. But I mean, how about, I can't really say that right because Alexander Gustafsson got knocked out and fought me for the belt. So there's certainly not the first person. Before. No, listen, so this yeah, is one of those things, things where.
0: This is one of those things. Let's be honest, where there's no real right, wrong answer. Like no, there's no Oliveira real wrong t- answer. That's a good problem to have.
1: You know where Gaeth- the wrong answer is. Who? You know who the there's a wrong answer for. Who? Charles Oliveira. Why? <laughs> there's a wrong answer for Charles Oliveira now. What do you mean? Because if they go Gaethje versus Chandler now, and they go Connor versus Dustin and make that a title fight, right? You think Charles Oliveira is going to sit and then go into a title fight after that?
0: I see what you're saying.
1: Now he'll be, he'll be the odd man out because right. the winner of Gaethje and Chandler will probably get that next championship fight. So, yes, there is a wrong answer, a bad answer, and the bad answer is only for the guy that's number five.
0: I want to be very clear because I know people will get mad when I say this. I want to be very clear. Charles Oliveira and Dustin Poirier, if we're talking about meritocracy, if we're yes. talking about who's been the hottest, who deserves it, that should be the fight, right? Yes, yes. Dustin Poirier's next fight should be for a belt. Yes, and should. he should. He should earn the right to fight for the belt and get the biggest fight. And yes. so if that's Connor, I won't be too upset. And it's not because I'm wanting to reward Conor McGregor. It's because I want to reward Dustin Poirier. Mm-hmm. He should be fighting for a belt next. Also, it's very easy to promote this fight. They're one and one. The last one wasn't for the belt. He won. You know, Connor won in 2014. Now, now there was this one in 2021. And now we go for a third one. And what about the Instagram post this morning? What do you yeah. write? What do you write?
1: No more Mr. Nice Guy. Well, this is what everyone wants. Bro, right? I'm telling you. I told you. What does that I mean, talk, though?
0: What does that mean? I'm going to start like insulting I talked him and stuff? to this
1: thing. I did this thing the other day, right, about mental warfare on, on a detail clip I put out. Plug it. Where's right? that? Which, where it? Detail clip, Plus. which ESPN Plus today goes live, goes through both of the McGregor versus Poirier fights. I talked about the mental warfare. And... Dustin even spoke to it himself. The aura of Conor McGregor was gone. Well, part of that aura is you know that at every turn he's taking shots at you. He's Mm -hmm. making you feel inadequate. He's a bit of a jerk, right? But that's okay. That was part of his game. This last approach seemed a little bit different. Did not seem like Conor McGregor uh, was the same guy. It seems like he's going to go back to trying to be the guy that he was. The guy with a bit of an edge. Right, the guy with a bit of an edge is usually the people. The guy with a bit of an edge is usually the guy that people tune in for. Mm-hmm. Floyd Mayweather has a bit of an edge. Oscar De La Hoya had an edge. Mike Tyson has an edge. Like those are the guy. has an edge. Those are, are the you guys. Stop that,
0: being the businessman. Stop being the philanthropist for a second,
1: bro. I think I think you got you cannot forget that 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 also plays. Mike Tyson was so crazy that mm-hmm. by the time you went to the fight with him, you were like, man, this dude's out of his mind. So he won a lot of fights before he even got out there right? Connor would do that to people too. I don't think that the approach that he was in last time allowed for him to have that same impact on Dustin. And now it may be too late because Dustin just might not care anymore after knocking him out in the way that he did. It's a tough It's so, call.
0: call. I think it's
1: too, I, I honestly think, I honestly think if you're McGregor, why not take some time to try to develop some, some tactics for oh, wants to those things that end. issued, I know, but why not take some time? So you think that by May, Connor can shore up that big hole that Dustin found in three, four months? Can he shore that up already?
0: He believes that inactivity was a problem. He wants to get back on the horse. Remember, when he lost to Diaz five months later, he came back and he was banged up after the first Diaz fight and also beat Diaz in August, came back relatively quickly, came back three months later after he was banged up
1: in that fight to fight Eddie Alvarez. So I think Connor is at his best when he is active. No, I do. I understand the activity. But in the Diaz fight, right, it looked like Conor thought he was going to knock him out, Mm -hmm. and he fatigued himself. Uh, Conor got kind of pieced up in that fight with the leg kicks. That's something that you have to take time to fix. You have to take time learning how to see him coming. You got to take time to kind of figure out how to check and defend those kicks. Because why wouldn't you go back to that well if you're Dustin Poirier?
0: We're about to find out a lot more about who Conor McGregor is at this point in his career, in this fight, then in the second fight, in the fight that just happened. This is yeah. the fight where we will find out. Is, is the run coming to an end? Has he lost some, some miles on his fastball? All that stuff. We're about to find out how he well, Where's response. the boy, though?
1: Where's the boy, Nate Diaz? Where's That's, Nate Diaz? Where's hey, the boy, you know Nate what? Diaz? I'm about to talk to Nate Diaz. That's what I'm was. wondering. Like, what do, do you think th- he's going to say? I mean, please tell me the boy Nate Diaz is coming back. Like, come yes, on, Yes, but is Diaz? he coming back at 170 or 155? I want to see him back at 55. If he, I It mean, doesn't if, sound if like Nate, he wants Nate, to fight at 55. He wants to fight just in seventy. Well, mm-hmm.
0: according to his tweets, that's why I want to talk to the guy. I've been trying to talk to him for like eight months at this point.
1: And he's gonna talk to you. We're talking this. Call week. me. Call me, please. You want? Let to me know it? what Nate Diaz is. I don't want to know what Nate Diaz says on the interview. I want you to tell me the inside. The, the inside scoop. Yeah, give Ferguson me the inside. Ferguson called him out. Would you like to see that? Or would you like to see the Poirier fight? I mean, I and I mean, I, whoever. Whoever's going to get him close to a chance—that's the problem, though. You throw Nate into the equation; Nate goes out and puts it on Tony Ferguson. Again, I'm not saying Nate's going to beat Tony Mm -hmm. for the record, but if he does, now if you're Charles Oliveira and you are sitting out at number five, what if Nate looks great and those other two are fighting? And you're—I want him back.
0: I know he wants to come back. I could tell he's in shape. I hope he says you know all the things that we want to hear. And I hope that he gets a fight soon because I feel like we wasted 2020 with Nate Diaz. The Masvidal fight was going to happen. Now it's not going to happen. It looks like Masvidal versus Covington. uh, It looked like for a second we were going to Conor Nate 3. I don't know. I just want to see the guy fight. If it's at 170, it's at 155. I'm curious. I'm curious to see him fight at 155, but I just don't think he wants to cut that weight anymore.
1: He used to cut a lot of weight. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Wherever Nate wants to fight, I'm ready to fight. But... If Nate wants to fight and challenge for a championship, especially with the guys that are in the weight class today, there's never been a better time for him to be fighting at 155.
0: Amazingly, this guy is sitting back. Dustin, Gaethje, Connor, all saying his name, right?
1: Yeah, like, it has a fought since
0: 2019. And they're all saying his name. Gaethje's calling him out. Dustin's talking about him. Connor's talking about him. Pretty amazing. So I can't wait for that. By the way, shout out to you. That clip, that clip right there that you posted, that that detail clip. That wasn't like that wasn't just a breakdown. That was. oh, you like that. Right that you was like a that? feeling right there. The,
1: oh yeah. And how do people? <laughs> and how do people actually try to say the? Pete, a, was, bro. People are like, oh, DC, you're overthinking it. No, look at Dustin Poirier. He oh, actually great. punches him. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? I talked to him. I talked to To the, the factor yeah. fact before. I asked him. I said, hey, look at this. I go, thoughts. And he goes, people don't understand that it's every moment of every interaction I'm trying to win. So, hey, maybe we you did right. kind of hit. This was something. Maybe we did kind of hit on something with Dustin. I mean, this guy is developing that mental aspect, man. I always spoke to that in the beginning of my career. When the weigh-in, when the press conference, when this, when this, when this. And Dustin Poirier is kind of living that.
0: Yeah, like that. That those little things, that's like an ocean. It's as big as you make it. You know what big I mean? As big as you like, make it.
1: Right. And, <laughs> it, 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 that didn't hurt Connor. No. That didn't hurt Connor. But look, and, and the boy KG, right? KG started a whole thing now because this happens all the time. I would argue
0: that it's more like a John Stockton thing. He would like, he would like, kick flapping the ball sh- down. No, but he would also, you know, he was notorious for putting his, his shoe on your socks <laughs> and pushing your socks down and being annoying like that. So flat know, tire like, you. I guess. That's
1: stupid. That's not. That, that's not. Yeah, that's just not kind of getting crazy. under
0: your skin in your head. It
1: does get under your. Oh, you're talking about just mental warfare. I'm talking about not allowing you to see the ball go into the hoop. Yeah, yeah. You're yep, not yep. going to get a chance to see the ball go into the hoop with Kevin Garnett. He, he would run and just. Ah, I love that. I like love you could be on fire, on fire.
0: The hoop could be as big as an ocean, but you're as as not going to make it.
1: I mean, just like when Michael Jordan's like, I can't make another three-pointer. You know, like I've right. never done this. Right. Like, that's
0: a feeling too.
1: It's a feeling. <laughs>
0: feeling? Uh, you're an idiot you're it. a complete idiot i love you buddy i love you <laughs> are we ever going to get to do this together like i just want to do this i want to put my arm around you at the end of the show Don't you would never like, put, put your arm God. around I would, hey this is my hey, don't you, you miss me we hey, haven't listen, seen each stop, other in almost a stop, year in stop. person
1: you you ever put your arm like that i'm going to give you one of those little dust and pour you to the stomach. <laughs> right there my abs
0: now you should see my washboard and you
1: you Watch Dustin Poirier and Anthony Pettis when they finished the round. He walks behind him and smacks him on the butt. Dustin Poirier knows how to play the game like in between, bro. He knows how to play the game in between. He's a dog, though. That's like, hey, I'm in your, I'm in your, I'm on you now. You know, like, I'm, I'm on your people now. You know,
0: people went to his house and delivered king cakes. He got five I saw that. king cakes he anonymously. How many king cakes have you gotten? Like when when you won the light heavyweight title,
1: when I was we, the double champion,
0: yeah, I when you no beat Stephen. No king cakes. Huh? You get king cakes in uh, I did have.
1: No, we don't have king cakes here, man. This is a Louisiana thing. Like, this is... You this can't is, go to, like, a, a Louisiana
0: bakery type
1: of there place? There is no Louisiana bakery, which is... is you should nasty. open one.
0: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition.
1: Listen, hey, I have a great Eric,
0: idea. You did, open you up a bakery. Call it listen le bon temps Roulette. <laughs> oh. That's not good. That's not bad, right?
1: That's very interesting. That's very Should interesting. we do
0: it together? No. My no. French influence, your French influence. No, Quebec, because you're, you're
1: the friend whose ideas are more important than mine. That's just That's you. That, that hurts. You take I mean, credit I, for everything, too. I didn't you get think, credit
0: for the KG thing. I didn't bring that up on this show.
1: Yeah, but you didn't tell me that. You didn't tell me that. Like, you had me last night so confused. When I sent you the clip, you go, oh, my God, that's brilliant. Like, it was the first time you saw it. But then you start telling me that you gave it to me. And then I'm sitting around going, did he? Did he give it to me? So I sat there for hours last night. You didn't give that to me. It was great. I played it so
0: well. I said I was honored that you used my idea. (laughs) You're such a liar, (laughs) though.
1: You didn't tell me that. Like I was like, like, when I sent it to him, he seemed like it was the first time he saw it. And it was like a, a, a great point. But now the dude's telling me he gave it to me. You're such a liar, bro, and you're manipulative. Wow. You shouldn't be like that.
0: Well, the good news is everyone sees it right here. I gave you the idea for the Louisiana you Bakery. You did give me the for idea. For the Louisiana Bakery. And oh, the once bakery. You... Yes. Yes, the okay. bakery.
1: Yes. Right. But stop taking credit for my basketball knowledge because next thing you know, it'll be like, welcome to NBA courtside. This is Daniel Kroppian. <laughs> I'm sitting here with Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis. <laughs> I mean, right. the Look WWE. You. you guys are wrestling in the Royal Rumble. Like, no, Don't make <laughs> – Hey, back to you guys. And I don't think you know this is dangerous so for you for NBA I'm court side. You better be careful.
0: Let me tell you something. Leaving your house ain't too bad. It ain't it's too bad. A, you could talk to you well, Especially
1: when you gotta fly to Chicago, pri- drive from Chicago to Milwaukee because you're afraid to fly into Milwaukee. Stay overnight. I mean you had you went, you drove eight hours to take a two-hour flight. You drove okay. to New York, flew to freaking Chicago. Okay, enough.
0: This is too I much mean, this information. Is this is TMI. You're crazy. DC, thank you to DraftKings. I would have flown you right to, into
1: Milwaukee on my private plane.
0: That would be nice. One day I'll have a PJ myself. The
1: NBA, the NBA has a private plane they could have flew you.
0: Uh, thank you to Manscape. Thanks to everyone who continues to rate, download, Manscaped subscribe. hooked me up. I just oh, got
1: Manscaped stuff at my house the other day.
0: And did you it like awesome. it? Yeah.
1: See, it's like thing for my nose. I guess they see my nose hairs. Yeah, on the yeah show.
0: and the ear like, too, right? TV the one. ear too.
1: Ear, ear trimmer and the yeah. nose trimmer. Yeah, I got it. It's nice. It's, it's very uh, nice.
0: Cologne too. Did you get the cologne?
1: I think I got the cologne. I got nice. the ear, nose, trim. And the cologne. Wait, did you just get the same box? <laughs> yeah, did we good. get the same box? Yes. <laughs> who did it? <laughs> so, who did it?
0: I think TST did it. Oh I think my TST, goodness! Shout like, out to Manscaped it? and TST. Uh, and thanks to everyone who continues to rate, download, subscribe, and review. Back next week. Same time and place. Until <laughs> it
1: was a big year, guys. It was it was a big year. Thank you, guys. We love you so much. We you love can't
0: us. interrupt the sign off, DCM. I mean, All right, Same time,
1: please.
0: Until then, we say peace. We're
1: ready.